0: Welcome to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to help you take your leadership to the next level. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're talking with Dr. Brent Wilson. Brent is the current superintendent of Life School, a nonprofit network of tuition-free public charter schools in Texas. Lean in as we discuss education, organizational leadership, and investing in the next generation. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Avail Leadership Podcast. So pumped, as always, to do another episode with another great leader. Uh, my name is Virgil Sierra. I'm lead pastor of Vertical Church, aka Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, where we are one church, two languages. And I am always so privileged on the Avail Leadership Podcast to connect with amazing leaders. And today I'm speaking to Dr. Brent Wilson. Uh, we're going to learn a a lot about Dr. Brent Wilson's journey, his role in life school. But I, I just want to say, Dr. Wilson, I'm so pumped. I'm so excited to be here on this call with you to share a little bit, do a little bit of leadership talk in regards to everything God's doing in your life uh, and what and what he's in the middle of doing as well. How yeah. do you feel to be here on The available? Podcast?
1: Oh, Virgil. I'm very excited. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and you know, I think at the end of the day, uh, podcasts—the reason why they exist—is just to reflect on what's going on in different people's lives, and uh, maybe how that intersects with other people and their experiences. So, I'm
0: I'm privileged to be on today. I'm excited to get into the conversation. <laughs> yes, sir. I know that we I, I had a we had a great conversation in yeah. preparation for all of this, and I really think that uh, whether you're in ministry, whether you're in the business world, the marketplace, whether you're in education there's going to be a lot here for you. So why, why don't you t- start by telling us a little bit about your story, uh, Brent, your, your journey to get to where you are today?
1: Yeah, well, I'm, first of all, in our conversation, I loved, uh, it's always fun to hook up with another PK, another preacher's yes. kid. And, uh, you know, Virgil, you even referenced the intersection of life. And I mentioned it as well. Uh, I I have the trifecta. I come from the private sector. I've worked in the business world for over 15 years. Uh, I grew up in the church as a pastor's kid. But then also I'm working in a school now. So uh, as far as the interactions and and just meeting different people with different experiences, a lot of things that I've experienced personally overlap with what everyone is going through right now, what they were going through, and then what we're going to face as we move forward. So uh, my background is uh, I grew up, again, grew up in a pastor's home. I have uh, three brothers and uh so there was always a a fight or something broken uh but it was a it was a fun environment to grow up in and uh i really was more of a blessing than it was a curse got to meet a lot of great people and and learn from great leaders uh ended up going off to texas I met my wife there and we ended up settling in houston uh so while i was working in the private sector um Again, for about fifteen years, the Lord called us back to the Dallas area from Houston in two thousand nine, and uh, I've I've been working
0: at Life School ever since. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I think I think it is really neat because you have such a. Uh, multifaceted perspective, you know, mm. uh, especially we're talking to a lot of leaders here on, on the Avel leadership podcast, but um, but there's leaders that are leading in, in, in all different areas. Let's talk a little bit about life school. Why don't yeah. you tell us a little bit about, you know, what life school is and then get into, how, you know, when you got started there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: life school is a, uh, privately operated public charter school. So a lot of times people don't know what a charter school is. Let me give a brief definition just for, for context sake. It, it is a nonprofit, uh, organization that runs a public charter school. We have a contract with the state of Texas in this case, and we're responsible for our state testing standards. When it comes to financial accountability, we're probably held under stricter standards than than uh, most ISDs, our independent school districts. So uh, we're privileged to have uh, the opportunity to serve students in our area. But uh, Life School specifically is one of the oldest charter schools in Texas established in 1998.
0: That's awesome. So yeah. now, I think the connection in in hearing about Life School is is who started it, right? Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And then and then eventually, how they fi- figured a way to get you to come yes. be a part of it.
1: Okay, man, that is a story in itself. So, uh, you know, Life School when it first started, the the reason why it started was my dad was pastoring in the Oak Cliff area, so Dallas, Oak Cliff, and what had happened is. Um, Things had changed in the community. People couldn't afford to go to a Christian private school, so the church shut down their private school. And then my dad started saying, there's got to be a way to reach the community to teach leadership and character attributes and training, but then also provide a learning environment for students. Uh, because what you know, the reality was this. We had a lot of kids with our open gym nights and other ways to engage that were showing up to church from the neighborhood once or twice a month. But he said, you know, there's got to be a consistent daily investment talking about leadership and character for students. So uh, in 1998, Life School started with 255 students, 17 staff. Now, uh, all these years later, we're at 5,500 students, 10 locations, and uh, 100% graduation rate for the last seven years So, at wow.
0: both of our high schools. So we're really blessed. That's that's so awesome. Yeah. Now, now I, you know... You shared with me a little bit how initially you weren't so sold on the idea of going back, you know, going back to Dallas, you know, to to get involved in life school. Talk to us a little bit about when you got started as the superintendent of life
1: school. Well, that that story, uh, as I mentioned to you, I was very deeply rooted in my in Houston, uh, I, my church where I was there. I was serving as a deacon. I was working in the private sector, and for about four years, uh, my brother and you—you you actually know my brother mm-hmm. Scott Wilson—and then my dad, Dr. Tom Wilson, they kept asking me for about four years. Hey, Brent, have you ever thought about? coming to Dallas and just helping us with life school. It's growing. We need to formalize some things. And I kept saying no. And then Scott, and you know Scott, I think you've actually had him on a podcast before. Yeah. Scott actually looked me square in the eyes with his intense face and said, How much have you prayed about it? So uh, it was done at that point. Uh, I I prayed about it and and quickly got confirmation that that's what I needed to do. And uh, haven't I haven't looked back since? So it, you know, when you know that God's calling you to something specifically and it's clear, it. There's no second guessing. You just move forward and trust that he's going to take care of you. So in 2009, we moved our family from Houston to the Dallas area, and I became chief operations officer at Life School just because of my private sector experience, my my Mm -hmm. management experience. And then a year later, the board hired me as superintendent, which i never expected uh, wow. to happen. Uh, and I've been serving as superintendent since. It's, it's been an amazing experience. And I think one thing that's important to really think about is, you know, when you think about different industries, whether it be uh, a church ministry environment, whether it be business, whether it be school, the common denominator is people. And the same issues that, that are in one group or one organization— they're going to be very similar in other organizations, right? Because we're dealing with people at the end of the day. So uh, God, God prepared me along the way. I didn't see it until I actually moved into this role. And it's neat how God, even when you don't understand what's happening at different points of your life, that Mm -hmm. he's actually preparing you for what's next.
0: I love that. You know, I think one of the, one of the things we we, we discovered we do have a lot in common. You and I, but one of the things mm. that's interesting is when you step into a new or, into a new organization that's new for you, and you have to run with you know run with the vision that yeah. somebody else at some point established. At, in this case, you came into a role in a position of leadership in an organization that it was actually your father, that your father established. Yes, yes. There's there's this connection between, uh, man, I'm kind of like for me when I stepped into uh, leading the church that my father planted, um, there's Mm. that season of of transition. Can you talk to us a little bit about about that transition from your father's leadership to your leadership? Yes. I I don't even have to ask, was it difficult? Because I know there's challenges in any transition. Uh, Yes. Talk to us about that journey, some of those obstacles. Yeah,
1: uh, you know, the, there were there were blessings, there were pros, and there were plenty of cons, right? Just as much. And I think what I think what it was for us, as far as an adjustment, is I had the benefit and the blessing of growing up under that umbrella, growing yeah. up under that example of my dad, who was an amazing leader. Um, just every day, he was pouring into us. Now, when you're a kid, you're rolling your eyes a lot of times and going, "Dad, stop! Mom, stop!" <laughs> At the same time, though, uh, you know there are things that you're absorbing and that you're learning that aren't going to come back void. We we quoted scripture every day. We we prayed together. We would get us us up in the morning and we pray. And uh, sometimes I'd fall asleep and he'd wake me up. But it was that consistent training that mm-hmm. uh, that actually was preparing me along the way to understand what it took to consistently train kids every day, children every day, mm-hmm. to to be prepared for life and be successful. So as far as the transition whenever I came in, I, I quickly realized a few things that, um, you can actually have the same values, but different leadership styles. Yes. So, and, and you've seen this and, uh, you know, Virgil, you even, uh, alluded to it that, you know, there are different leadership styles for different seasons. Mm-hmm. And when my dad started life school in 1998, he started it from nothing with a very small team. Uh, and, things adjusted on the fly. It's, it's a new business. It's a new organization. So little mm-hmm. tweaks can be made here and there. It's probably more of a verbal culture, uh, more verbal management. Um, but then as, as organizations grow, what do you have to do? You have to actually write things down and you have to have procedures. And, uh, and really, you're letting go of some of that stuff as a leader to clear out room for you to continue to be the visionary leader. Uh, for what's next, as well as prepare for growth by empowering people to manage the day to day. So uh, there, there was some confusion at different points. I think even uh, even for our staff, whenever I first came in, they saw me having more of a collaborative style. My dad more of a hierarchical, more directive. Yeah, and uh, you know that's not bad. That's actually needed in the beginning stages, but as organizations grow, you have to move more collaborative. And uh, so I think some people were confused at first, but uh, Sam Chand actually gave me great advice through this process. And I was blessed to have his, his, you know, mentoring approach of just Mm. saying Brent stay the course. God's called you here. He's, uh, he's given you direction. It's in your heart what to do. What you have to do is just keep modeling it out for the people that you're serving and supporting and resourcing. And they're going to start seeing what's next and just keep emphasizing, um, you will know, keep emphasizing what matters and even explaining what the transition looks and feels like even being transparent, Virgil, you know, just saying, Hey, I understand this is tough. You're used to things operating this way, but we're moving to this way. You got to tell people the why, why, why are we moving from verbal Mm -hmm. to written? Well, the reason why is because when I'm not around, then you can read something and you have, you have guidance on how you can take the reins, take responsibility, and you can take care of the issue. So uh, a lot of discussions, a lot of patience a lot of prayer, and then a lot of trust. So uh, really excited that we were able to make that leadership transition. You know, Sam Chan is an expert in culture. Yes, he, is. he He just kept telling me, he said, uh, talk to them about different styles of leadership, why we need to make the change from a mom and pop organization to a mature organization. Mm-hmm. and uh, And people will embrace it because they're going to see the consistency in your life as a leader. So
0: we got through it. Man, uh, believe me, I, as I'm hearing you share that, I'm remembering our journey of a transition for our church when we yeah. when I took the leadership and I relaunched the church. And um, I think you mentioned a few things that really st- stuck there. Uh, one was the importance of communication, right? The process of mm-hmm. really opening up communication in, in the process of transition. I heard you also say the importance of talking about the why having a clear why, you know, vision and and clarity in that. Um, and then, and then specifically, um, making sure that everybody is on the same page, like understanding that every season might require different leadership styles. Um, that, that's that's important. you know how many how long has it been now that you've been on on this journey and 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 how would you say the organization is doing now? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, 11 years, 11 nice. years I've been superintendent and, uh, I just feel, I feel blessed obviously that that God called me to the role. I didn't expect it. I, I was like, okay, I'm comfortable being chief operations officer, great growth opportunity. But what I didn't, what I did even see down the road was the desire in our heart was to grow as an organization mm-hmm. so we could serve more families. But you, you never know at the rate that you grow until the Lord starts giving those opportunities. And and we did do that. You know, now we're at 5,500 students. We have, uh, you know, multiple campuses. Uh, I'm, I'm leading as a board member for our state charter association. so uh, So influence continues to increase. Uh, yeah. Operations obviously continue to increase. We have 650 employees versus that 17 wow. employees from from 1998. So wow. you know, God's God's given us a lot of opportunities. So as we as we look forward to to what's next, we just continue to uh, to formalize our processes, make adjustments as necessary communicate with people. And, you know, Mm -hmm. because organizations nowadays have to change so much, what does change do for people furthest away from the decision maker? Uh, It brings fear, right? If they don't have Mm -hmm. clarity, if they don't have someone talking to them. So um, I think you just keep talking to people and you're transparent about the things you can share at that time. Mm -hmm. And then just keep pointing people down the road to, hey, this is next. This is what we're doing. Stay with me. Keep asking questions. I'll keep sharing the information that I can, and let's keep moving together.
0: That's so good. I'm going to put you on the spot, and I want kind of the first thought that comes to your head. Yeah, to your mind. The first, the first thought. If you had uh, um, the leader, the the incoming leader, the successor to an to an organization going to, to take over, you know, yeah. for his father or for somebody who's there, and and you say, hey, and you you're only allowed to give him three. These are the three tips, kind of in, a, in one sentence, like yeah. this, this, and this. I, I want to hear what, what's fresh right there from the tip of your mouth. Your- yeah, well, you you did put me on the spot. But, <laughs> uh,
1: but you know, I think, I think anyone that's experienced this level of leadership transition, uh, whether you're taking over from your father or someone else, I think the first thing you do is you listen. You, okay. You have, you have to... You have to get out of your office, mm-hmm. and you have to go connect with the people that that you're resourcing. What do leaders do? Leaders influence, but the way yeah. part of their influence is resourcing people to do the mission of the organization, whether it be a church, mm-hmm. business, school, mm-hmm. just e- even a nonprofit. So, uh, so a lots and lots of listening. I think you you have to have uh, thick skin. And, huh? and just listen and, and absorb. I would actually be more fearful if I didn't get any information from people, right? If you ask them and you don't hear anything back, what that really means is this. There's the surface And then there's this undercurrent of a lot of stuff. You just don't even know how fast those rapids are moving. So the first thing you do by slowing the rapids or the the choppy uh, water Mm -hmm. is you listen.
0: And it just calms things down. So listen is the first thing. Let me say something. I like that because it's it's not necessarily intuitive. Mm Because a lot of times you get in and you just got to do, hey, I'm going to change. I'm going to do. I'm going to shift. So you're saying, listen. All right, what's next? Yeah, yeah. So uh,
1: listen. And then... um, once, once you listen to the the issues that people are identifying, you know, to them, it's the big issue, right? Then you have to go through the process of discussing with your leadership team, what are the things that are emerging as priority? Because listen, mm-hmm. every issue is an issue if someone raises it. It's mm-hmm. even that person at whatever level in the organization it's keeping them from doing their job effectively right so mm-hmm. so what you have to do is really capture and discuss and go okay what are the top things that we need to that right. we need to do then the third thing and this this sounds boring because i know in a lot of organizations we like to really place a lot of stock and value on vision casting like yeah I've, I've heard real quick we put together our priorities, our priorities real quick, and real quick, we're going to get out and start doing. Mm. You know what? You've got to let that, you've got to let things develop. Okay, yeah. timing. You know, God, God actually talks, uh, when he tells stories, he talks about obedience. Obedience is not, it's, it's always a perfect recipe. It's listening and then doing, and then listening some more and then doing. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is this. God's timing is perfect. You have to trust him. So as as a Christian believer, as a Christian leader, you have to be tuned into the timing of things. So uh, you listen, you process more with the team Mm because that that actually helps you prioritize. And then then before you implement any plan, what do you do? If you really want it to be successful, you talk to the people finally that are going to be hit firsthand, that are going to be the doers of that plan. So if I sat in my office, even after talking with my leadership team, and then I go out to uh, everyone and I make a big announcement from the stage to all 650 employees, here's the new initiative we're doing, and I have had any discussions with the teachers that are doing the work daily, and I'm imposing this new initiative on them, it's not going to work. When mm. I'm around, it'll work. When I'm around, it'll work, <laughs> right, for those, for that 15 minutes, but, but when I transition, when I go somewhere else, it's not going to be executed at the level. You've got to keep telling people the why. And especially yeah. if it's an initiative worth implementing, you include the people that are going to be impacted by it the most in, the, in forming and shaping
0: how, it, how it's implemented. Love that. All right, that's great. Yeah. Hey, if you're if you're listening and watching this, and you're not taking notes, shame on you. Take some notes right now. Listen, you're going to be in part of a process of transitioning an organization yeah. or taking the leadership. You have to listen. You have to prioritize as you're processing what you're listening to. Prioritize the what's most important. What do we need to address first? And then vision casting. I love that. You also I remember you also mentioned Sam Chan, the importance of having a, a consultant, a coach, somebody yeah. who's maybe been there, done that 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 voice can also help in that process of listening and prioritizing and vision casting. Yes. Well, without a doubt, I think, I
1: think, uh, you know, especially as the top leader of an organization, if you're going to take the time to listen and absorb without responding through defense or even going directly to problem solving, before you give answers back to your people, you really have to reflect and pause and go, okay, What's the best course here? And mm-hmm. a lot of times, for a leader, you can't you can't always process immediately with the people that shared the issue. You have to go share it with someone else that you trust. So yeah. you know, even even part of what I do with Sam, who's who's an amazing consultant and advisor for me, is uh, I'm just going to be honest. I vent to him first. Mm-hmm. I down I download to him first. And then what does he do? He reflects back to me, hey, this is what I heard. Is this, is this really the truth? Now that you've kind of hit the release valve on that, is this really the truth that, uh, that you see? Are these really the facts that you see? And then we, then we move to, okay, if we're going to include the team in what's next, what, How, Brent, what's your approach? How are you going to go in and approach your team and say, this is what I heard you say. Here are the facts or the things that we've identified as potential issues we need to address. Mm -hmm. And then how are we going to solve this? Having the ideas, I already have some ideas in my head. Mm -hmm. But if I immediately go in and I start talking, what have I done? I have robbed my leadership team of being able to contribute of being able to speak up. You know, you have the very extroverted people on your team. You have the introverted people. You're robbing everyone of the opportunity to contribute. And then what happens? They become a passive receiving team versus an active collaborating team.
0: Yeah, so true. Great advice for transitions and uh, entering into leadership, into new leadership roles. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about something that's kind of we can't we can't ignore it. Yeah, COVID, right? The global pandemic hit us, you know, in 2020. Yeah, uh, we're, we're still, you know, we're still in the process of figuring things out as as we've readjusted. How how did the pandemic change? how you guys do things at life school and what were some of the notable shifts like in education methods?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, you said the C word. You know, when you said COVID, uh, I know all of us are, you know, all of us are fatigued at one point or at this point hearing hearing that word. But the reality (laughs) is this, It, it has been... Uh, a mixed blessing. There have been some things that obviously brought us a lot of stress. I actually, uh, I don't know if I told you this in our initial discussion, I actually was in New York City when the NBA stopped playing basketball that very night that they suspended the NBA. Uh, So the next morning, flew in to Dallas And I was over, we were all uh, during our spring break and I immediately just dropped all my luggage in the, even the kitchen area. And I just grabbed my laptop and jumped on the computer, started jumping on teleconferences. And, you know, I was just like you guys, what happened? Everyone was in crisis mode. It Overnight, the world seemed to shut down, didn't it? So, you know, not just for life school, uh, but, but churches all of a sudden, no one's in an auditorium for businesses. Uh, initially, everyone was shut down, right? Unless yeah, you were a grocery yeah. store, uh, and then then they started implementing new things and adjusting and adapting over time. But you know, the reality was we were all in a in a. State of chaos at one point. So, mm-hmm. uh, so for life school, within seventy two hours, I was very grateful that that our team was able to create something, a platform online with with basic instructional uh, lessons for students. And then a week later, we started uh, onboarding and online putting online our teachers having full curricular. Uh, lessons. So uh, we adjusted quickly. We weren't a one-to-one, like a student to uh, computer device right. organization mm-hmm. prior to, but you know, COVID. Uh, COVID gave us an opportunity to, to reprioritize what wasn't a priority became a priority. So uh, we we bought a device for every student. We had several month lag of doing that, but uh, I, I'm saying all that to say. One thing that I think is the biggest takeaway, then I can talk about some of the positive things that have come out of COVID Mm -hmm. for for life school. Uh, I learned this from Sam Chand as well, but then it just really took root in my heart even more. Once I realized we went to a virtual environment like this, like what we're doing right now, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, if we're not careful, what happens? Things become transactional. On, on a virtual mm-hmm. environment. Um, we're not able to talk about family as much. Uh, we're, we're just doing, we're checking things off the list. So from a cultural standpoint, I even called Sam Chand uh, during COVID. And I said, Sam, I just had the biggest aha moment for me. That the moment that the shutdown happened, that was the best that my culture was going to be in our organization. My culture was what it was Mm -hmm. and it was only eroding from there. So if it were a long-term virtual plan, our long-term plan of going virtual, you could actually put safeguards in place to make sure that what you're maintaining your culture, even though you're doing all this remote interaction. Mm -hmm. Well, immediately a new dynamic, a new paradigm came into play. And so we even I was thanking the Lord that we had a healthy culture at Life School, because uh, the work that we were going to have to do in this uncharted moment—this, you know, where there's so much uh, upheaval, so much disruption—that we knew if our culture wasn't healthy, we weren't going to survive it. You yeah, know, a lot of a lot of organizations have actually, um, you know, eroded significantly. Some may never recover. Yeah, and uh, I was very grateful that that we'd already done a lot of the hard work up front. With building a strong culture that mm-hmm. we could, that we could get through it. So now what's happened is, um, I think I think our environment, our culture even includes. Um, remote and, and online virtual relationships, carving out time for that, creating dynamics where uh, where even if we may not see each other for, for weeks on end, if this were to happen again, that we're building in activities online. We started we started creating like fun little get-together groups when we weren't working where people could just catch up and say, hey, Virgil, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? How are your kids doing through, through this, you know? And, and that kind of stuff didn't exist prior to. So mm-hmm. I'll just go over this r- real quick about some of the advantages that have happened mm-hmm. with COVID. Student learning, um, obviously students weren't as technology literate as they are now. I, it would be a shame if we reverted back to the way things were uh, without including some of the things that we've mm-hmm. learned as families. So that's one thing. Parent engagement, whether you wanted to engage or not as a parent, once COVID hit and schools shut down and went virtual, you became a teacher, didn't you? <laughs> you had to. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone had to, and I'm so grateful, specifically for our life school families that, that stepped up and really partnered with teachers through this time when we were even developing lessons on the fly, uh, parents were really engaged. Well, guess what? I hope that doesn't go away either. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there are things that we can do that that don't overburden the, the, uh, the parents, But I think it's also an opportunity for us to, uh, to even improve our connection. So we serve a very diverse population at life school, and I'm very proud of that, especially in the the environment and the climate we're in right now, to be able to say that it's a safe place for everybody. Yeah. Uh, You know, a lot of people have a lot of different experiences and a lot of different jobs that may give them flexibility to show up to a parent meeting or not because of their work schedule. Mm -hmm. So, um, now what we've done is we've taken the technology we have. We're able to have virtual parent meetings where campus uh, leaders can, you know, just hey, here's some information, and they have they can have a conversation. We can record it, so even parents that weren't able to join live can watch later. I hope we don't. I hope we don't stop that. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think that that's impacting all organizations is recruiting, mm-hmm. recruiting new talent, having the ability to. Uh, To maybe have some interviews in a virtual environment versus everyone just coming in. We actually found for our talent team that we can we can interview more uh, more candidates in a faster amount of time by doing virtual uh, initial interviews. So that's actually been a strategy for us where we have further reach. We can see people face to face versus even a telephone conference call. Uh, interview, so it's more effective. Uh, we're able to see facial expressions, see presentation, see interaction, see people's ability to connect. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we're excited from a recruiting standpoint that uh, we've we've been able to bring some efficiencies to what we're doing, but also even in training, some of our training is actually moved to uh, a remote environment where we can have a hybrid approach. So that would be my overall theme, Virgil. Mm-hmm. That. Uh, It'd be a shame if our responses to an interruption like COVID uh, had us revert back to the way things were.
0: They shouldn't, right? We should grow from it. Yeah. I think that's a good word. I think growth is important. I think that in the moments where we're challenged the most is where we grow the most. I think it's. It's in moments where we're there's almost imposed limitations like this situation that it causes us to think different, to yes. think smarter, to to be more creative. And I think what you're describing is precisely that. There's there's hey there there are challenges, there are some yeah. hard parts about it, but there's there's a lot of good in there, and uh, and it seems like you guys have been able to leverage that. You, you know what I what I love as well, uh, Brent. I love yeah. that that you're passionate about what you're doing. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. What's your favorite part? Just, just talking, just talking as as a guy, right? What's your favorite part about working at life school? Well, honestly,
1: I think, I think life school is another iteration of the way I grew up. My, again, my dad, the founder of life school, Dr. Tom Wilson, Uh, From the moment we got up to the moment we went to bed, he was investing in us. He was having conversations with us. He was asking us questions that made us think about who we wanted to be. So one of the things he really uh, instilled in us is this. He goes, son, you can actually achieve. You can learn all the book things and you can achieve in life. But if you don't have character, it's not, you're not going to be able to stay where you okay. have arrived. So uh, those those were the same concepts he wanted to really invest in in everyone he came in contact with. Some of the things that that bring me the most. Um, joy really are, are finding like-minded educators, finding people, even if they're not from a traditional education background, finding people that are passionate about investing in others and that That's believe good. in our mission of, of raising leaders, developing leaders with character that can that can impact their community. Uh, we, we, re, we work really hard to attract staff that align with who we are as an organization. And then I think it's important to really acknowledge and emphasize that parents, investing in parents. Guess what? I've got two kids in college, Virgil. I'm still trying to figure out what this parenting thing is about, you know, because I'm, because every season that we move into, right, it's a new set. Yeah, it's different. And so even in this new phase, as I'm moving from a parental figure to advisor and consultant for my kids, uh, you know, there's still the authority because I'm paying the bills. At the same time, though, if I don't start giving them room to, to grow, then uh, I'm all I'm doing is stunning and delaying their growth. So I think uh, a lot of satisfaction I gain is by investing in parents as well. That's why we try to do we try to facilitate character and leadership discussions with parents, saying, "Hey, here are things that we're that we're talking about with your student right now. Here are the different uh, things that that we're having discussions about. What do you guys think about this?" Ho- hoping. That it takes root in their heart as well. And then what? They're able to facilitate those same discussions with their kids. Cause uh, I'm listening to anyone that has any advice about parenting. I'm, I, again, I'm trying to learn as well. So uh, I think if we all take that approach that we're all in a learning environment, we're gonna find greater satisfaction because we're not too proud to, to hear good advice and wisdom from other people. And then finally, obviously, with our students. I I love investing in our students. It's so much fun to see who our students are becoming. This was not planned. I messaged last night with with one of the young men that graduated from life school several years ago that I've continued to stay in contact with. He went to my alma mater, Texas A&M, got a civil engineering degree. Uh, after graduating from Life School, uh, came from a single parent family. Uh, he was actually featured, this week is actually Nat- National Charter Schools uh, Week. Mm. And uh, he was actually featured as one of their stories on students wow. that have achieved. So, so excited about about wow. him, staying in touch with him. But guess what? There's so many stories that I'm not, that I don't even know about, but I know that the work we're doing at Life School is impacting kids because we talk about leadership and character. We talk about things that matter. We talk about behaviors and mindsets that matter. So, so I think when you're talking about investing in people, you're not just talking about, well, here's this word of global perspective, our financial literacy, our mm-hmm. you know, being an ethical leader. You don't just define it, you talk about behaviors and mindsets, mindsets that shape those daily thoughts. Because for me, and I'm sure it's very similar for you as well, you're waking up every morning and you're going, God, I've got so much on my plate to do. I've got so many challenges that I'm facing. How am I going to do that? Give me wisdom, guide me, guide my thoughts, guide my attitudes. And although we're a public school, Virgil, and we don't use deity because we're a publicly funded school and we Mm -hmm. follow laws, we believe that biblical truths are undeniable. Those yeah. those are the things that shape who we want to become. So so we actually talk about those uh, those biblical truths because they're true, right? Yeah. So that's that's, so cool. that's my greatest satisfaction. Honestly, is just watching kids succeed, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to prepare them for life.
0: I love that. I, you know, I, I admire that a lot because I think that in a season like the one we're in and kind yeah. of coming out of, it would be so easy to to just check out and say, let's just survive through get through this. But it seems like Life School has actually yeah. been thriving through all of this. And he, here's my next question, yeah. you know, regarding what's on the horizon and also people who are interested. Maybe there's people who are interested yeah. in knowing more about, hey, is do I need eligibility to get on a wait list for yes. my kids to go there. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So so Life School is currently located in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, we have 10 locations at this point and we have two high schools. So we run kindergarten through 12th grade wow. and uh, we're actually one of the few, this is Texas, this is Texas, mm-hmm. Virgil. We're one yeah. of the few charter schools in Texas that have a comprehensive athletic program. So uh, we have athletic programs. We have fine arts programs. We have academic competitions all through the University Interscholastic League. And um, we're, uh, we're really proud to, to offer that. Life School's open to anyone that falls within the geographic areas that, that we're approved. So those are fancy uh, Texas, education, Texas Education Agency words to say, if your zip code is approved for us to, to host you then come on. So basically anyone can apply. We, have, we do have limited spots, mm-hmm. uh, but we all we know is your age. We know your, your name of your student, and then we'll let you know uh, based on that and availability, you're accepted or you're, or you're not accepted at this time, but we could put you on a wait list. So we actually have, um, if you go to lifeschools.net, uh, that's that's one way for parents to learn more about us, and and I can even give the specific uh, email address and our our website address in a minute. But um, yeah. but I, I think also that's important as well for your audience is there are schools of choice everywhere in the United mm. States. So for everyone listening, I think I think it's important just to keep that perspective of if parents are the primary educator. They should take responsibility of knowing what schools are teaching and and uh, knowing what their mm-hmm. options are for each student or for each child in their family. So um, I, I think one of the biggest ways that life school serves the kids in our immediate area is parents that may feel trapped because their local school, their neighborhood school, isn't serving their needs. Uh, mm-hmm. We're we're a great option for them to consider. So yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, that's what I would encourage people to do, especially if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you're watching this podcast. Look up LifeSchools.net to learn more, and it will guide you on there on on what you can look into to see uh, availability for your child.
0: That's really good. Can I can I just get clarification? Yeah. Is it LifeSchools.net life or LifeSchool.net?
1: Well, LifeSchools the name of our school. LifeSchools.net. Is actually a, a website, but we've also bought the rights to Lifeschool.net as well. So, Perfect. so if anyone looks that up, you're going to find us. We're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, our our newest location is in Carrollton at Covenant Church, and, and that's another that's another group I'd like to speak to. I think there are a lot of churches out there that have a heart for their community, and they're looking for different ways that they can serve in their community. Well, some ways that churches can do that is by finding a partner that they community partner that they can work with. So for instance, life school, my dad was the, he was the pastor. He saw the need and then he started life school. Well, the benefit and we actually work with three church partners where our life school location is at their church. So we're two different entities. We're a publicly funded school. They're a nonprofit religious organization. We don't mix the two, but the church bodies that work with us, they see the strategic mission Mm -hmm. of impacting the community by providing an educational option for families.
0: So I love this. And I think there could be some people listening or watching, uh, Brent, that say, man, I believe in this. Uh, Through the website, is there a way that they can give or donate towards the
1: mission? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let me... uh, I want to get it right you know when you start reading off when you start reading off things you
0: want to make sure you you nail it here um... while you're looking for that, I'll just yeah. say I, it's such an encouraging thing to hear about you know. Ministries, organizations—in this case, yeah. a school—that's serving the needs of the community in a real, tangible way. Which is, by the way, school. School for kids, you know. But there's there's leadership, there's yeah. there's character formation involved in the education. Man, I, I I would hope and pray that more schools like Life School would begin to pop up throughout the country.
1: Virgil, thanks for that. I and and you know what? I think that there are opportunities for that if there if there are even church leaders that are uh, that are curious. They can always reach out to us at at lifeschools.net or they can uh, send me an email at brent.wilson at lifeschools.net if they're ever curious about uh, exploring an opportunity like this, maybe a a host church working with Life School within Texas. We're only approved within Texas at this point. (laughs) But going back to serving families, um, if you want to learn more about Life School, you can visit lifeschool.net forward slash, learn about life. So I'll say that one more time. LifeSchool.net, forward slash, learn about life. And if you even go to our website at LifeSchools.net, you're going to be able to to find those pages that will give you more information. Now, as far as giving, if you do want to support our mission, and like I said, we're serving a very diverse population. Uh, We receive funds from from Texas, but uh, there's always so much more to do. Even the wraparound services of of supporting kids that have uh, additional trauma just through their, their background, their life experience. There are so many services that we provide that sometimes we need additional funding to help us in that. So if, uh, if you do want to give to our student scholarships and give students that graduate an opportunity to go off to college or you want to designate something for wraparound services, you can go to lifeschool.net forward slash give. So I'll say that one more time, lifeschool.net forward slash
0: give. I'm oh, sorry, Lifeschool.net forward
1: slash give.
0: There you go. Beautiful. Yeah. That's great. So um, as we're wrapping things up here, Doctor Wilson, if people wanted to stay in touch with you, you know, I know that some people do, some people don't do the whole kind of social media things. What are some options people can have to connect with you?
1: Yeah. Well, if if you like to see a mix of what we're doing at Life School, uh, leadership quotes, things that resonate with me, uh, go to my Twitter handle at it's at Brent Wilson Life, at Brent Wilson Life. So I talk about my kids. I talk about uh, Aggie sports. Hopefully that doesn't turn everybody off. Uh, You know, I talk about public policy, education policy, and just leadership. You know, I I think it doesn't matter what... uh, what organization you're in, if you're leading and influencing people, you need to be equipped with new thoughts and ideas that constantly challenge the way that you approach uh, motivating, uh, casting vision for uh, telling people what's next. You know, a lot of those initial ideas are birthed by the seeds of other people, right? Yeah. So so at Brent Wilson Life or go to lifeschool.net.
0: That's great. You know, yeah. I think as, as superintendent of Life School, you have a big responsibility to get resources that are important and relevant in front of those students. There's a resource I'd like to talk about, which is the Avail Journal. Are you familiar with it? Yes. Yes. Yes, the Avail it. Journal is is a great resource for leaders, uh, especially leaders in ministry, leaders in the marketplace. Uh, any words you want to share about Avail Journal? Oh, I honestly,
1: I just I love I love the unique stories. I think the stories that each of us tell, our own perspectives that we experience firsthand, mm-hmm. those are things that convey to other people. Other people can identify with them, they can connect with them, and they can even take some of the things that that people learn that are shared in the veil and apply them to their own life. So uh, I love the magazine. I I know some of the people that are in it uh, every now and then, but I'm also meeting other people. I'm learning how to connect with other people that are in the Avail magazine. So
0: it's definitely worth a read. Here's finders keepers, an article written by our very own friend, Doctor Sam Chan. Yes, sir. Uh, Yes, sir. By the way, if you're listening or watching and you have not done so, you can claim a free annual subscription of the Avail Journal by going to availjournal.com. Availjournal.com. Hey, that's a free annual subscription. That's four of these amazing Christian leadership resource, which is an amazing uh, tool for for great content and also things you can access by by going going even deeper. So wanted plug avail i think it's a great opportunity for you if you haven't connect get the avail journal for a free annual subscription uh brent this has been a great conversation i think a lot of people are just leaning in leaning in because we're talking leadership we're talking education we're talking about being relevant and and having influence uh let's go ahead and wrap things up with some closing thoughts based on everything we've kind of talked about what what do you want to leave in people's hearts
1: yeah well first and foremost uh to all the parents out there the work that you guys did whenever uh Covid did, you know, hit all of us. Uh, I, I think it just goes without saying the the level of of thanks that educators should give all of you. So pat yourself on the back if uh, if you had to make those adjustments on the fly. I think that also what it probably did for you is. Uh, it made you aware of the work that teachers do, the work that educators do, mm-hmm. the commitment that they have day in and day out with not just their kids but uh, but your kids. So I would encourage you just to do a few things uh, as you think about your own kids and think about the right choices that that are that are going to be good for them. So first thing I challenge you to do, I just have four different things that I challenge you to do. Uh, engage with the school where your kids are attending. So wherever that is, even as we come out of COVID and we e- we're starting to wrap up this school year, but we're looking at what's next for the fall. So mm-hmm. look at what's happening at your school and choose, make that commitment that you're going to engage at that school and support them. The next thing is uh, learn what's being taught in the classroom. You know, there are a lot of different outside influences, a lot of different voices that are having that have access to your kids. And they're, they're shaping ideas and thoughts. They're telling their own stories. So if we're not saying things, if we're not actively engaging, someone is. Uh, but, but then look for opportunities to support and encourage the teachers who are investing in your kids every day. Uh, you know, we What happens? Whenever we invest in relationships, what do we gain? We gain the opportunity to influence. So whenever we take the time to engage, which I'm challenging you to, you to do for your kids' school, when you engage, you actually have an opportunity to influence them in the way that they teach, their approach to your kids. Uh, that's, it's critical. And, and teachers actually feel supported. Whenever they actually are supported and encouraged, so uh, it's amazing the the momentum that's created by encouragement. Finally, if you're um, you know if you're not happy with your child's school, there may be other school options in your area that may be a better fit for your child. So this isn't just a shameless plug for Life School. I I, I want to go on the record uh, while we're on this podcast that we're a fan at Life School. we're a fan of any school model that's taking care of kids. So whether it be a charter school, whether it be an independent school district, private school, homeschool environment that you're choosing as a parent, uh, if you're taking care of business and and teaching kids and preparing them for what's next after uh, they graduate, we have to be a fan. It's not about adults. Mm -hmm. It's all about kids having opportunities to learn. But if you're not happy, I would challenge you Uh, to find other school options in your area that fit the needs of your kids. The reality is this. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Each child nowadays has an opportunity to fit in a place that's going to be a good complement to them. At Life School, we actually have uh, several families that may have one child in an ISD and have another child in Life School okay? Yeah. They're both public schools. They're just mm-hmm. different school environments, different school cultures. So uh, I'm just asking parents to, to make sure that you embrace the responsibility of being the primary educator. I want to encourage you that uh, we can do it. We can do it by working together, by sharing best practices, and just encouraging each other along the way. So finally, if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you're looking for an option for your kids, lifeschool.net.
0: That's a great place to go to learn more. That's good encouragement for a lot of parents out there. Cause Hey, yeah. if there's a, if there's one place where we got to learn how to lead well, it's in our homes Amen. with yeah. our kids. Uh, Brent, this has been such a great conversation. I, I'm so thankful that uh, our listeners and everybody who connects to avail uh, is able to hear from you as a superintendent of life school, but also as a man of God, as a man who who has vision and, and who ha- who has great leadership experience. I think that all of that is so valuable. So, you know, on behalf of, of, of our avail leadership team, uh, um, we're so thankful for you. We honor you for the work that you've that you've done. But man, we encourage you. We cheer you on as you take the next steps in what God has for you.
1: Virgil, thank you so much for this opportunity, and I, I appreciate the avail team for uh, working so hard to create this platform uh, just to share best practices through a godly view, not a worldview, through a godly view of how we should live our lives. So, thank you so much for creating this space
0: for us to even have this conversation. <laughs> Definitely. We love our Vail team. Hey, everybody, we hope you've enjoyed this conversation. It's been great talk uh, in the areas of leadership and education and and the importance of making a, a, an impact and influencing the younger generation. I've, I've loved this conversation. If you have enjoyed this one, you got to check out some more of our veil uh, Leadership Podcast episodes from the past and stay connected for the ones that are coming in the future. We're so thankful that you've leaned in to hear from us and hear from Dr. Brent Wilson. My name is Virgil Sierra and we can't wait to see you next time here on the Avail Leadership Podcast. We hope you've been inspired by this conversation with Dr. Brent Wilson. Remember, you can find more information by going to lifeschool.net. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the AVAIL Journal by going to availjournal.com. As always, I'm your AVAIL media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Leadership Podcast.